Collins driving, almost lost the handle. Chalmers for the tie. Got it! In seconds. Unbelievable! And he used to tell me, those places are great, but there's no place like Kansas. All right, boys. How we doing? Welcome to, oh, quick little 18 listener, 22. We're going up. I that's, love that's that. That's the I, whole pod. Yeah, the, the whole yeah, pod. Yeah, 27. Look at the yeah. I'm just going to keep counting. I'm ne- I never log in and see the numbers, so this is fun. Uh, welcome, uh, boys. Last night, weird, weird kind of start to the night. Um, you first we find out Kevin McCuller's not going to be playing. Yeah, that's right. Shout yeah, out KJ. Shout okay. out NIL. We'll talk more about that. But KU NIL is currently cooking, as the folks say. But. To recap last night, and I don't want to get too much into the game because, my God, Oklahoma State is bad. A.B., we've joked about it. Your boy, Boyton, unfortunately for him, is going to be doing a podcast on Field of 68 with Jeff Goodman at some point next year, and I hate that for him. I hope he finds a mid-major job or something because he's a good dude. But Oklahoma State's bad, so not much to take away from, I don't know, the, the actual KU versus Oklahoma State portion of this game. But as I said, weird start. You hear Kevin McCullers out, which we had heard the knee was kind of nagging him, but it was definitely kind of a scare of like, oh God, like how I, I don't think it's that serious. But what it did was it forced El Marco Jackson back into the starting lineup. It forced Dewan Harris to be much more of a ball dominant guard. And I don't know about you, B turn, you were there. I don't think it could have gone much better. I think we saw Dewan do exactly what we felt like we needed him to do. And we saw El Marco. It's almost frustrating how good El Marco was because you're sitting there like, why could you not do this when you were starting? I don't know. So what were your thoughts from, from all that last night? Yeah, I think it could be a great thing for this team long-term. El Marco, he looked super explosive, um, was aggressive, driving it to the lane, was looking to get his shot. Two for two from three, the ball doesn't really go above the rim, so I don't know how they go in, but they certainly did last night. Made some mid-range jumpers. Yeah, walking to the walking into the – or I was parking, and Gurley and Haney were talking about Kev, so I had no idea. But I, I kind of wondered who was going to start between El Marco and Timberlake, and obviously El Marco got it, and I think that could change things for this team going forward. You give El Marco some confidence. You know this team is needed – some production off the bench. He's obviously going to still be coming off the bench when Kev's back. But yeah, it was it was just a great night at the Fieldhouse overall. Always electric. A bunch of um, AFC champions were in the building. The Chiefs pretty much whole O line room. Xavier Henry, former lottery lottery pick, was back with CJ, his brother. So it was it was a great night. Oklahoma State obviously stinks. They were seventeen for fifty eight from the floor, but it's. Yeah, 29%. That's a tough scene for Oklahoma State because that's part of like the basketball gods giving us something back after uh, the Iowa State disaster. But I kind of hate that we got that 
against Oklahoma State because we probably could have beat them regardless of how they shot. But and then um, just one more thing: listening to the radio on the way to Lawrence was Dewan. They interviewed him, and Dewan kind of sounded down just on the season he's having, and he was saying how I'm not as good as I was last year. I want that to change. Obviously, we all do. The coaches do. He does. Um, but he knows how good he can be as a lead guard. And last night, I truly – I'd have to go look at previous games, but I truly think that was the most comfortable he's looked in a couple months, maybe since the Kentucky game. Um, and KU improves to, I think, 31-1 and in his career when he scores in double figures. So he had 12 points, two for three from three, seven assists, only one turnover, looked super comfortable, was looking for a shot, and that – I mean, we know how important he is to this team and he could do wonders for this team, but I truly think that was the most comfortable he's looked in a while and the best he's looked in a while. 100%. It was refreshing. He even looked, I don't know if it was the fact that McCuller was out or if it's just a mix, because clearly, I don't know if he's reading tweets. He probably is, unfortunately. But he also just knows, you know, he's watching film. He's talking to Bill Self. He knows he's... uh kind of I don't know if you would say he's taken a step back but he just didn't really he hasn't improved much this year but it's good that he also he definitely recognizes that and I don't think any of us had doubted that Dewan could figure it out and hit another gear so it was nice to see the big question will be if McCuller comes back on Saturday which pray to God he does um Will Dewan continue to play with that type of energy and that type of aggression but AB I want to go to you I know you don't have tons of takes about KU Oklahoma State, but like, is it possible we look back on this game in a month or two and it's like, hey, that happening and forcing El Marco and Dewan into kind of like a, it was almost like a snap El Marco out of like a spell of just running up and down the court. I don't know. It was very weird. So what were your thoughts? Yeah, my take on the whole thing, and I, I don't have any facts to back this up. This is just my opinion on it. I think Kevin McCullers is as healthy as he's ever been. And last night, it was simply a, this dude's playing 40 minutes a night. He's going to have many more 40-minute games coming up. We have the meat of our schedule coming up. Let's give him the night off and put El Marco in and boost his confidence, like you guys have said, and hopefully add some depth to the bench. They showed a stat before the game. Braden, you weren't you were at the game, so you didn't see this. Ryan, I'm sure you did. They showed a stat of, like, the minutes played on the bench, points on the bench, like all these stats. They were in the bottom 10 in the country out of 350 teams in every single one of them. Like, they have nothing. So, in my opinion, it was more of a chestnut checkers move from Bill Self to, you know, benefit the ways that I just explained rather than Kevin McCuller has anything serious serious wrong with him. Like, I think if it was serious, it would have come out more than five or ten minutes before tip-off, and he wouldn't have been on the court smiling and goofing around before tip-off. Like, if it was against anybody else, he probably plays that game. What did your know. guys what did your guys' brains immediately go to when you found out that Kevin wasn't going to play? Like, that just from exactly. a game standpoint – and um, personnel standpoint, like, did you think about certain players? Did you think about the game potentially being close? Like, what did you immediately think about when Kev was out? Uh, well, I would say I I don't fully agree with AB. Like, I don't think, <laughs> and I think you're kind of joking. Like, I don't think Kevin McCuller is fully healthy. <laughs> no. uh, they've talked about his knee injury kind of being, you know, nagging the last few weeks. And he just hasn't, like, he hasn't been making as many shots. He hasn't been playing as well. So I do think there is something to his knees bothering him. But I will 100% agree with AB on the fact that like this was a mixture of, hey, we can rest our 
you know, most consistent player, but we can also maybe jumpstart El Marco or, or get something out of Dewan. Like it's classic Bill Self, not mind games, but he does these things. It's, he's, he's done it plenty of times. It's like when he started, uh, uh, who did he start over Remy in the first exhibition game? Was it Tian? I mean, he's <laughs> yeah. always doing little things. Not that this was like a poke uh, to punish McCuller or punish anyone, but it was more of like, all right, we're going to get him rest, but now the pressure is on Dewan and El Marco to step up and play better, and they both completely stepped up and delivered. And I will say, B-Turn, on top of that question, that was the first thought I had was like, is El Marco or Timberlake going to step up? Because it felt, it feels like most of the time in these scenarios, a guy does. Like even when Ochai during the national title game, I think what he was out for, with COVID against Iowa State and that team, like Joe Yesifu stepped up, Dewan stepped up. So the team's always had a really good uh, ability to just be next man up. So I was excited. It almost made me more excited for the game, to be honest, because it was yeah. kind of a boring game. Yeah, and I think, El Mark, just from El Marco's standpoint, I'm sure he got pretty comfortable in the starting lineup. When you have Hunter around you, you have Kevin McCuller, KJ, guys that have been through it, and no one's really gunning after your starting spot. Like, yeah, Furphy um, and Timberlake, but they they weren't doing much to start the season. So El Marco probably got comfortable. Last night you go into the game knowing you need need certain guys to score. So it opened things up for El Marco, and he was finally aggressive um, getting downhill trying to at least penetrate past defenders. But yeah, that, I mean, that was huge. And I think it could be great long-term, like I just said, just for El Marco and Dewan, just proving to everyone and themselves that they can score it. We all want them to shoot more, especially Dewan. He, I, I, I don't know how many shots he put up, but I know El Marco was, I think four for eight. So him just getting up eight shot attempts. Um, and then you talk about energy earlier, KJ Adams, every game, every night. It's unbelievable. Seven for seven from the floor, 16.6 assists, pumped after every play, screaming after every play. And I don't know how, if you guys want to get into the game now, but Saturday feels like a game that he would just thrive in and just every possession, probably getting on the floor, crashing the boards, playing with a ton of energy. But this feels like a game that he's probably been looking forward to. Yeah, I mean, what, A.B.? Sorry. Breaking? Oh, I, guess, I guess they're not in the bonus, so it doesn't matter as much. Uh, Purdue and Northwestern tied at 81 with six seconds to go. And uh, uh, Purdue fouled at the top of the key when Northwestern's getting set up. And it's ba- it's they, only, they only had six fouls, though. So oh. they're just getting the ball back with six seconds left, so we're good. Uh, Baylor is up by two. They just went on, like, a fucking 10-0 run. Damn. Well... It's a good transition because we don't need to spend much more time on KU Oklahoma State because this game coming up Saturday against Houston. I mean, you you said it. It's a game where guys like KJ Adams have to, which you don't doubt it. He shows up every night, but like it's going to be an absolute war. And I said it the other night watching Houston, Texas, like. Oh, as much as we like to get jokes off about Houston and Chris Reynolds and all that stuff, it doesn't change the fact that they are very freaking good. And they are what vintage Bill Self teams, in a way, have looked like. I think we've had a lot more talent over the years, obviously. But like they just, in that Texas game, late in that game, they made every hustle play. 
They got the offensive rebounds. They, you know, deflect, got the deflections, the loose balls. And it was the same. There was nothing pretty about it. Their offense wasn't good, but they were the one making the plays. Whereas that's what we've done for years and years and years. We've won those like disgusting road games, 58 to 57, but late we just execute better. So it's like, it's going to be very interesting to see self versus Samson. I said it. I tweeted it like, I really hope we see these guys for a long. I hope this is like the first of like a five to seven year, just awesome rivalry. But I will say, I am pretty terrified of this Houston team. And it's, it's the biggest test that DeWan, I mean, it's the biggest test these guys have faced all year. Our team, I know we faced a lot of good teams, but like this one matters a lot. It feels like if we lose, it's Houston. Houston's now very much like they're winning the Big 12. But, A.B., I think you mentioned it. if we win, we could be tied for first place just like that. Is that mm-hmm. correct? Yeah, we would need a couple things to happen. Um, like Iowa State, um, they are one up on us in the loss column. Obviously, they didn't play this week. Tech lost yesterday. They play Cincy at home. So, like, it would take some help. But regardless, if you win this game, you're within, at worst, like half a game or a game of the lead in the Big 12. And mm-hmm. for all of us that were melting down, um, those of you, I know Ryan mentioned it. I don't know if you placed it, Braden. I don't know if you did. Hawks were 10-1 to 1 to win the Big 12 as of Saturday or Sunday, I think. What um, are they now? I don't know. That was my no because idea. what does beating Oklahoma State do? Because Vegas – I feel like Vegas would – put that into consideration but i guess tech losing helps a little bit i bet we're like 650 now or something's crazy well, but yeah you lose here's the thing about saturday boys <laughs> they ain't losing they don't they're not losing this game like i don't know how many times we have to see it with bill self and adams adam sullivan our boy tweeted this out last night it's an old stat i'm sure you guys know it you probably saw the tweet bill self is 13 and oh Zero losses in top 10 matchups at Allen Fieldhouse when KU is the lower-ranked team. Number four, Houston at number eight, Kansas on Saturday. We're going to be underdogs. I think that's blasphemous. Ken Palm has his plus five. They're not going to give KU plus five at home. I promise you that. But it's probably going to be three, two and a half. I'm and then by tip-off, tip-off, it'll be like a pick yeah. People yeah. will, yeah. They're not losing this game. They're just not. Like, I'm sorry. Like, especially with Kev coming off a week of rest, I, I don't want to seem too confident in this KU team that ranks in the barely the top 20. I think they're 15th right now in Ken Palm, and Houston is far and away blowing everyone out of the water on these analytical websites. KU's not losing on Saturday. We've seen it before. It's like on Sunday, the Chiefs were underdogs. We've seen it before when the Patriots played those games. They didn't lose when the Chiefs played those games. They don't lose when Bill Self has these games. He does not lose. It's a long-term thing. Like, if you bet on this over time, you're going to be up. You know, I said that last night. Like, if you if you get Bill Self as a pick'em or a dog at home, you just have to hammer it because long-term, you're going to be up. Like, Patrick Mahomes is a dog or Patrick Mahomes is a pick'em, whatever – his numbers are against the spread or money line. Like you just have to place that bet almost long-term you're going to be up. So yeah, Bill Self's going to have a great game plan. Um, I I'm nervous about us scoring against them, but I also feel like defensively we can make it tough on them too. Like they don't worry me too much. Obviously you have LJ Cryer, really good guard shed is really good. 
Um, but I think KU will obviously be in it. You're going to have the best atmosphere of the year, I would assume, unless it's UConn. But that was what winter break. UConn and was electric, though. This but. is this is conference um, in conference game. First game against Houston. They screwed us against them on seeding last year. We know they're going to be one of the premier uh, teams in the Big Twelve. So every KU fan is going to know that they're when the Big Twelve is very in jeopardy if they lose this game. So it's going to be insane. KU is going to be in the game. I do worry about the uh, ball pressure against our guards. I hope our guards can handle it, but I, yeah, like I said, Bill Self. So I agree a thousand percent. Like Bill Self's a dog, especially if I don't care if I'm coaching the Kansas Jayhawks at Allen Fieldhouse and we're dogs, you hammer us. Like if <laughs> Kansas is a dog at Allen Fieldhouse, you bet them. I agree with all that. And I still, I think I agree we win this game. But, like, what – I guess, A.B., what I'd be curious to hear, what style of win is it? Because you have a couple of scenarios. You have a – I would call it a scorched-earth Allen Fieldhouse. Atmosphere is amazing. Houston comes out. They're just shook. They're not ready for the moment. We've seen it with Baylor tons of times. We've seen it with K-State, Texas. Like, Hawks come out. Everything goes our way. We're up, you know, 15 points at halftime, and then we just kind of slowly continue to grind away and win easily. Not saying that'll happen, but is that the route you're seeing? Or are you seeing a grinded out KU-Houston game like you would expect <laughs> that we just make the plays late and we win 64-62? to 62? I think it ends up close. I think it's maybe similar. Remember the Oklahoma State game with the Wiggins when we got up big and then they came back and made it close in the second half? I think it's probably along those lines, if I were to guess. My yeah. prediction... And this is specific, but if I get it right, just be ready to credit me. Uh, I see this game as KU's up 10 to 4 with 15 and a half to go ish. Dewan gets a steal up top, throws an alley oop to KJ, 12 to 4. Kelvin Sampson timeout. We go to the first media. Fieldhouse blows up. Fieldhouse going nuts. Like, I, I think it's one of those games where KU gets out to a five, eight, ten point lead in the first 10 minutes. And then from then on out, they, they don't cruise, obviously, but they. Yeah. They might have a scare or two late in the first, middle of the second half, but I, I think this is one of those games where they lead wire to wire almost. And maybe that's crazy of me to say. I know Houston's good, but like we've seen them on the road. I know they've won a couple road games lately. Their first two games on the road, they didn't look yeah. much better against Iowa State than we did. And Bill, we didn't talk about this on the pod after Iowa State. Bill Self has said it. Offense was awesome against Iowa State. Like to put up 75, 80, whatever he scored against them in that building and that environment, kind of a weird early game. Like it was awesome against West Virginia, too. Yeah. yeah. Like the offense has sneaky been good. We were just losing. Right. So, like, I I don't know. I, I think that you beat him in transition. I think that's the key for every KU game going forward yeah. is get running, go, like play like Roy Williams did back in the day. Get up and go. You have the athletes, you got the motors. KJ Adams can just feast on transition layups and dunks and put up 15 a night if he wants to. Houston yeah. doesn't like to play that way. They're like 340th in defensive tempo and like possession length. I think you got to speed them up a little bit, kind of get them going. And not only does that, I think, help them strategically or help KU strategically, I think it helps the crowd get more into it and get more juiced because that's a lot more fun and a lot easier to get fired up for than watching 58-57 uh, with free throws at the end or whatever. 
Like, I think you got to yeah. speed them up, get the crowd into it, get them uncomfortable, and then play your game. Beat them your way. Don't let them – because if it's low scoring, I do think that they could lose. Okay, you could lose. If it's one of those – grind, and I know we've we've talked before, like, that's kind of the Bill Self, Bill self style. Um, I don't think we want to play that. Floppy games, Houston, not against like, Houston. No, no, absolutely not. Um, yeah, and you need a group effort on the boards. You need everyone. And I do, mm-hmm. I do feel confident. I just the one thing I worry about is injury standpoint right now. I I feel fine because Kev got some rest, but obviously Hunter goes down. Hunter had been banged up a little bit before then. Um, I don't know where Kev's at. AJ or <laughs> AB says he's a hundred percent. So mm-hmm. I don't. I'm worried about that. I am. Okay. I'm worried about. I'm worried about Hunter against physical bigs. Um, that I mean, that's what I was gonna say. In B turn, I was gonna. I don't know how much i've not watched like tons and tons of houston but i will say like every time i watch them the thing i come away from is like jamal shed is awesome i would do anything to have him be a kansas player it feels like a guy that like if kelvin sampson didn't have houston going he would have been a guy that slowly built his way up at kansas and been a star at kansas like he just fits that mold and then the other side they're just long they're athletic they play harder than anyone they play they rebound. And so I look at our team and it's like, okay, well, Hunter Dickinson, maybe, you know, top five player in the country, but he's, is he going to do well against that athleticism, that physicality, that type of team? And then KJ, same thing. Like, I think he matches them athleticism wise, obviously, but like rebounding wise, it's our, we've already questioned and he's gotten better, but like there are question marks on KJ's rebounding, especially defensively. So it's like, are, is Houston just going to any time, even if they are missing early and they're shook by Allen Fieldhouse, are they just going to be getting offensive boards? Like, ignoring the history and the fact that it's Allen Fieldhouse and it's Bill Self, just looking down at these two teams, like, it, I'm, I'm terrified is <laughs> the best way. Oh, see a B turn. John. Uh, so, like, I don't know. Is, Shed like can Dewan Harris play? I think he's back. Let him back in. Yep, there he is. My screen was just black for thirty seconds. I didn't know whether to leave the stream yard or what. But yeah, well, I thought you just didn't like my Houston analysis. But um, so what I was asking, we're getting ready to ask. It's like, do we think Dewan Harris? shuts down Jamal Shedd? Like, is this a game where Dewan, you know, you said it, he's been talking about how he needs to step up. He needs to be better. Like, is this a big pride game for him where he's like, I got to take over on this dude? Or is like, is it a game where you just let, not let, but you know Jamal Shedd's going to go get his and then you try to win elsewhere? Maybe. I kind of just missed the whole combo, so I'm kind of – Lost well, I I re I restarted the question when you came back, but uh, <laughs> AB, I'll uh, I don't know. I guess it I don't know in the chat. What do you think? Like, is it a game where we have to shut down Jamal Shed, or is it a game where you can let Jamal? Sh- like, I think a lot of times Allen Fieldhouse, a star, comes in and they get theirs, and we still win. I mean, Buddy Heald's the obviously easy answer, but like KD. Yeah, yeah they don't really – they don't have, like, a star, like a guy that goes out and gets 20, 30 a night. It's kind of just like a group effort on the defensive end. So, I don't know, like, even what player 
offensively you have to worry about a ton. Obviously they have guards that are capable, but it just, it depends on the night. I'm just worried about us from a matchup standpoint. Cause we've talked about it all year. Like we have really good players, but they're not crazy athletic. Like Dewan, Kevin Hunter, they have played at the highest level. They've won a ton. They're not crazy athletic. And then Johnny Furphy, um, Bill talked about it last night, how he, he had the toughest time of his career so far. So I were and he was penetrating, losing the ball a ton. I worry about him even getting open and them just making it tough on our guards to even get downhill and get to the rim. And when we miss jumpers, Houston's gonna get every board. Like yeah, that that's what's terrifying. I mean, they're scary. They're good. And like if you sit here and you think about who's good in college about did Purdue lose? No, they're well, not over yet, but they <laughs> But like, if if you if I had to make a prediction on who's going to win the national title, like I think it's just it's going to be Houston. If I were picking right now, obviously not a bold guess, but like they just fit the mold. They have the guys. I'm seeing in the chat, which I was, and even you said this, B turn. Like I guess maybe Shed not as big of a threat as I thought. He's only averaging 12 on the year, but his last five, he's had 29. 10, 16, 17, and 25. So he's a guy that's like starting to cook a little bit. But I guess Dewan will keep him in check, I would think. So like, I don't know. Maybe I'm over. I've watched him, I think, when he's playing at his absolute peak. But uh, yeah, rebounding is a scary thought. Athleticism is a scary thought. Um, Because they don't like – they have some guys that are capable of shooting it, but they don't have deadly knockdown shooters. Obviously, D1 power five play power five basketball players are capable of knocking down wide open jumpers, but they don't have a guy that you're just insanely worried about. I'm definitely worried about them blowing by us defensively. And I'm worried about any of our guards getting downhill and getting to the rim. That's um, what, that's what ahead. I'm scared about. Like AB, when you lay out the 12 to four start or the 10, four start and we get off to a hot start, like, yeah, that we've seen it hundreds of hundreds of times, but that's Baylor. That's Texas. We have not, like, have we seen the number one defense in the country come in now on Fieldhouse and we blow them out? Like, that's what I'm curious. Like, what mold does this team actually fit? Because we are usually the Houston in the Big 12. And, like, right now they're number one defense in the country. They're top 15 off, uh, adjusted offense. They're number one in Ken Palm by really quite a bit. So it's like, do we really have a good – frame of reference for not that this Houston team's like historically good. They're definitely not, but I would be curious the last time, like the number one defensive team, I guess maybe like did Chris Beard's Texas tech teams ever have the number one defensive team? I don't know, but they had to have been up there. And what was that year we lost to them? Um, It was like the home opener, big 12 play Devontae's year. Yeah. eighteen. And yeah, I guess someone Noah just said in the comments, like Hunters, they're not Houston's not gonna get every board. I'm I wasn't trying to say it like that. I just I'm worried about us getting good looks, period. Like, because we don't have too many deadly shooters really either. So I think they're gonna get out and guard and they're not gonna have to worry about getting blown by. Obviously, I think Houston's tallest starter is Joan Roberts. I think he's six seven, six eight. He's averaging like seven boards a game. So yeah, Hunter's gonna get boards. Um, just based on being tall, he's seven foot, seven one, whatever he is. But I'm just worried about the physicality, but he's obviously going to have an advantage 
from a height perspective. So I still, Hunter's going to get his every night. I'm truly yeah. just worried about KU getting good looks offensively. Like yeah. there's not going to be too many layup opportunities. All the jumpers are going to be contested. Um, but yeah, if we could get them on the offensive boards, that obviously would be. And massive. I think and run. I think what AB said is right. Mm -hmm. Like we cannot try to beat Houston at their own game, which will be in half court. Yeah, yeah because that, I don't know. I could see us. I think Houston's really good at controlling tempo too. So it'll, it's a, it's it's going to be a challenge. It's probably like usually I'm in AB's boat. If I'm walking out in Philadelphia to watch a game, I am not one bit concerned that I'm going to walk out of there a winner. And like this one just because of their style and their composure and their like I just I'm not saying we will lose. I just I'm having a hard time believing that just the Allen Fieldhouse magic will will do it. But uh, can I throw out a uh, another random prediction? Yeah, Bill Self junk defense question mark. A little junk zone to throw out for the late minute stretch. I would. I love a Bill Self junk defense. Jan or February second seems a little early, but it is a big game, so maybe. That's um, offered extra measures. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's a fascinating matchup from all aspects. You got two of the best coaches in the country, like. Bills won. Where would you put Kelvin if you had to pick right now in the country? Like, who are your top coaches right now? Even I if think, it's not I think, an order. I actually, I actually think Kelvin Sampson has a case for like being a top three coach in the country right now. Yeah, so like two of the better coaches in the country. Um, pretty opposite styles, I guess. I don't know. I mean, one team's really athletic. One's not. Yeah. It. I, I mean. Listen to Houston's last five games. They beat Texas Tech, who I don't know what level Texas Tech's playing at that point. Still to be, you know, I, I think Texas Tech's slightly frauds. frauds, but we'll see. Either way, Houston beat them by 23 points, and Houston shot 75% for the field in that game. That's nuts. Um, they then beat UCF, shooting 27% from the field. So it's a team that can do both, uh, apparently. Uh, they then win at BYU, who is a top 10. Like, we're, I was very impressed with them winning at Texas, but like that at BYU win is the best win of the Big 12. Well, maybe not, but very impressive. They win that game shooting 31%. Then they beat K State, who stinks. And then they win at Texas. Like, uh, it's a very impressive five game stretch they've just had. And so. AB, back to dumb brain analysis. Yes, my favorite. Are they going to rattle off win dominating win over Texas Tech? Are they going to win at BYU, at Texas, and at Kansas all in a 15-day stretch? No. I don't know about that. Yeah, I'm kind of, <laughs> you know, get the real analysis out of here. Dumb brain tells me we handle business on Saturday. Mm -hmm. I think so, too. And, you know, I know I'm talking confident. Obviously, I think there's a slim chance that we lose, but I'm very confident. Like, I don't know. We've just seen it a million times. That's all I really have. I don't have any, you know, stats to back it up or stylistic reasons to back it up or anything like that. This is simply a KU is going to be an underdog at Allen Fieldhouse, and we know what that building does. Like, do you think we're not better than UConn right now? Yeah, if we, but... sat, if we sat down and played UConn on a neutral, do you think we win? 
Allen is just undefeated, especially yeah. for big games. Like I always think about the T Rob dunk against Baylor where everyone was sucking Baylor and we just murk them. There's so many times where teams are hot. They've rattled off a ton of wins in a row. They come to the field house, highly ranked. KU just finds a way, no matter if it's a blowout or it's a tight one. Like you talk about Oklahoma and three overtimes, they find a way to win top two team that was one versus two or whatever KU just wins at Allen in the big games and you know the players are going to be up for it like I said though the I'm worried um from a health standpoint but I don't know if I need to be because I'm sure Kev's good after a week of rest Hunter looked banged up but I'm sure he'll be fine he's still going to be able to finish around the rim and rebound and I don't think Houston is that much more talented than KU or better like they they're not. They've just been bet like they've just played better ball all year. Like they play together better. I don't know. I don't know how to explain it because KU's been weird. Like you have looked- Shed, you have Shed yeah. and Cryer, you have physical bigs that board, and they're probably gonna out rebound you most games. But from a personnel standpoint, I think KU is just as good as them. You have two Naismith candidates. I know Kev's probably fallen off there, but you have him and Hunter Dewan, Furphy's emergence. KJ's gonna be there every week, like I still don't think Houston – I know analytics love them, but I don't sit there and think that they're that much better than KU. What I, would the spread be at the Sprint Center, I guess? I bet it would be Houston, like, minus five, minus four. I don't know. It's hard It because KU so weird because of their home, like – yeah, and I wouldn't be shocked if one of the games against Houston is a blowout. That's just what they do. There's nights where they can hold you under 50. Oh, they'll and, kill us. They'll kill us at home. I, I'm pretty confident in that, but that makes me more confident on Saturday. How many times have Bill Self been swept? Once? Yeah. I get I guess what I'm having issue with is it's just we haven't seen Kelvin Sampson like collapse under the Allen. Like you Scott Drew collapses under the Allen Fieldhouse pressure. Frank Martin, Bruce Weber, those coaches used to collapse under the Allen Fieldhouse. Like Will Cal- I guess we just don't know about Kelvin. What are we Sampson? talking about, Ryan? He coached, he coached at Oklahoma at for a decade. Yeah, but that's a different <laughs> Oklahoma. But what? What was the year when they were pumping us and we came back? Anyone in the comments or you guys? Julian right. It was Julian Mario's one by one. Yeah, electric game. So that's fair. But I don't know. Kelvin Simpson's a new man. He, you know, committed the vicious crime of calling Eric Gordon one time outside of recruiting rules and. Indiana smeared. I don't that was people forget Kelvin Sampson got fired at Indiana for like basically nothing Barbecue and shoot. and had to go Another coach of the NBA like Indiana disaster. They could have been <laughs> an elite program right now again if they keep him like very funny, but maybe he got better by going to the NBA. 2004 Bill Self's first year Kelvin Sampson trots on into Allen Fieldhouse. <laughs> KU wins by 21. <laughs> Yeah, and then like he's the. It's kind of wild to think Kelvin Sampson's in that Paul Pierce versus OU video, like when Paul Pierce goes off. Mm-hmm. Two thousand two, the number yeah. five ranked Oklahoma basketball Sooners trotting in <laughs> Allen Fieldhouse. Oh, right, what'd you get yourself seven. into? What? How much did they lose by? Seven. <laughs> yeah, we don't lose at home. Top like, ten Oklahoma Sooners in two thousand trots on in to play the twenty fifth ranked Kansas yep. Jayhawks. Loses by three. Wow, and we stunk out loud that year, I think. He's never so, won at Allen. Wow. Oh, my. 
I yeah. I'm Did you just, know that before you started firing these off? I didn't know the exact stats, but I was bothered that you said he's never gone and lost at Allen Fieldhouse. So <laughs> I, I forgot. He was at OU. But that I, I did wonder how many times they played because back then it was kind of rotating years, mm-hmm. right? Like we it weren't playing both other. teams twice. Yep. So they were coming every other year to Allen. Um, I'm sure we lost to Norman plenty. We I feel like we struggled yeah, there a decent amount. But yeah, I'm I'm excited because I know both teams are gonna come ready to go too. That sounded weird at the start there, but both teams are gonna be ready to go. They're gonna bring it like both of these coaches get their guys motivated, ready to go. It's going to be electric, even if it's 54-51. Like, it's going to be a battle no matter what. But Bill Self is going to be – Bill's going to be hard as a rock if that's the score. Like I was going to say, you said the coaches will have them coming in good. Would you say that they would get them up for the game? All right, all right, all right. Grow up. No. Um, (laughs) Do we have – They will, though. Yeah, they will be. Okay, I want to think of a couple things I wanted to talk about. One, oh, yes. Yeah. On the topic of Allen Fieldhouse, I tweeted this out today, got people seem to be in agreement. And B Turner, we were at the game together the other day. And I know they're not going to do it against Houston. Well, I pray they're not going to do it against Houston. We've got to stop blaring Meek Mill at tip off. It doesn't work. What I mean, why? I don't get it. It is awkward. How do you jump to that tune B Turn was just rapping out loud? Like, I don't know why they do it. Allen Fieldhouse production team, whatever, game day experience team, whatever you want to call it, they do an incredible job. Best in the country. The Meek Mill at tip-off has been a miss. I will just say that. So for the love of God, at tip-off on Saturday, give me the hum. Give me, on what they're going to play. I like give me, a lot. Give me we hit turbulence. I don't even care if Lil John hasn't been relevant in a decade more. Give me We Hit Turbulence, because all you need is a good techno instrumental, whatever that's called, and you just want people jumping up and down acting like lunatics. Meek Mill ain't working. I'm going to guess Tsunami is what they're going to play at tip-off. What is that? Yeah! Turn it up! Can you imagine jumping to that? I don't Um... Fire that up after we go. What's uh do you guys have a final score prediction? You don't even have to do a score, just no, I'm kidding. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say uh 69-65. He tells us to grow up. It's a 69 drags it out. It's a good score. Um I can't I cannot pick against KU at home against anyone, against an NBA team. Like we just find a way. I I don't know what the score is going to be, but I'll say 67-64 Kansas. Dewan Harris half court shot to win it. I want you guys to think about when you're watching Duke and Carolina right after us or Tennessee, Kentucky and the game after, which, by the way, awesome slate of college hoops on Saturday afternoon and evening, boys. <laughs> Um, AB is not leaving the couch. But I have plans. You guys will be surprised. Um, I know. Uh, When you're watching those games, tell me you can't see on the ball. You can't just picture on the bottom line 74-66 Kansas. (laughs) 75-68. Upsets Houston at home. 
with red breaking news. Ups. Mm-hmm. <laughs> should we? Kansas pulls off major ep- upset at Allen Fieldhouse. Oh my God! Can you imagine the takes in a new world of Twitter, like where when we did it against Texas in 03 and got booed off the court, like Twitter didn't exist and people were mad. If Kansas fans ever storm the court and like today's version of uh, storm the court Twitter, oh my God, it would be an all time night on Twitter. And I don't even know what I would say. I'd probably not care, but it would be very funny to see how pissed people would be. Don't storm. The um, court. Last comment in the YouTube. From James, I I wanted to ask you guys this, but I got nervous. Would you be more shocked if we get blown out, or more shocked if we blow them out? Mm, God, James, that's a good question. That's a really good question, actually. Well, wow. he, didn't, he didn't ask that, but just... <laughs> good question, B turn. Thank you. Thank you. Um, but he brought up he brought up we win close or we get um, pumped by eighteen. There's no in between. So. It, I, it had me thinking during this, and I feel like it's crazy because it is Allen, but can we blow out a team like this? And have we done it all year? No, but I think if we get first half level of just locked in this that we were against UConn, and we do that, I don't know if that was a word, but we're going to roll with it. It, it is now. Uh, first half, second half, where we play like we did against UConn, I think we could because it could, you know, if it's a take – Take stats, take players, take analytics, take it all out. If Alan Fieldhouse does do that thing where it just breaks college kids' brains and breaks coaches' brains and just they completely collapse, then, yeah, I think we could blow them. I don't know. I don't see us winning by 20, but I could see us winning 78-64 where we get out to a big lead and just kind of coast the whole way. Um, but, man, I – I almost feel like if we're going to lose this game, it's not going to be a, I don't think it's going to be like a blowout, but I do think it's going to be a game where it's just like, we are very clearly overmatched the entire game. So that's why I wanted to ask AB, like AB, would you be shocked? Like absolutely shocked if we get blown out? No, I can't say shocked because like even last year, I'm sure I was saying the same stuff before the TCU game. We lost by 23 or whatever it was. So, like, it can happen. And Houston does a lot of teams. I mean, look, we would be frauds if for five years we called out Houston for being frauds. <laughs> oh, no. For not playing in a conference, for being overrated, for, oh, we don't care how good they are. And then when we played them the first time at Allen, pick against them and think, that, no, they're not going to get blown out. I'd be very surprised about the point. There's your answer. <laughs> Try to talk through it. That's, that's, no, oh, and it's like it's we, we talked too. It's personal. Like, you think we Bill have to win. remember about the selection committee shit last year? Yeah, and we just have to win because if we don't, it's like, oh, there's a new big dog in the Big Twelve. Like, no longer Kansas. Like, we have to win. It. I. The more I think about this, we're gonna win because, because it's like somebody is showing up at your. I don't know, your block, and you've been the big man the whole time, the boogeyman. You've ran that whole block. I don't know how that all works. Um, Debo from Friday. <laughs> and now a new guy's showing up, and you can't let him take over. You cannot let him take over. And, yeah, I think the more I think about this, like this is just a, a 
Bill Self, Scorched Earth, Allen Fieldhouse game where we just, things click. We make shots. We make threes. Nick Timberlake's going to make more than one three. Nick Timberlake might make a couple open threes, guys. Like, that's how <laughs> banana land I think this game could get the more I talk this time. Um, I'm glad you're aboard. I have to ask this question before I forget because I wanted to ask it. Um, I'm listening to the radio on the way, and I need to phrase this the right way, but listening to David Lawrence, if you could pick one player on the entire team to play at their highest level, highest peak, no matter what, on this team rest of the year, who would you pick? It could be a star. It could be a bench player. It could be. Uh, I mean, I think the answer has to be Dewan. Okay. I, I want chat, because... chat answer this too. Because, like, A.B., we know we're getting – I mean, if Hunter is not at his A game, maybe, but he's going to still get you 18 and 10. And Kevin McCuller, even when he's not at his A game, he's getting to the line and he's still scoring 16, 18, 20 points a game. But, like, to me, what I think about when you ask that question is we don't lose games when Dewan Harris scores double digits. So if he so, starts doing that every game. I see your logic with that. I just have more trust that I think he's going to be fine toward the end of the year regardless. Like, I have more confidence in him that he's, like you said, with Dickinson and McCuller. I think he's going to get to a point, being in his fourth year and his fourth time going through March, that he's going to be good. I don't really have concerns about him completely collapsing and falling off the face of the earth. So with that argument, I think the answer is El Marco or Furphy to keep it up. Mm. Yeah, I've been but- saying it the whole time. If one of those guys can be awesome. This is a very different team yeah Jenkins. i think we're gonna get it yeah jank he could be the best shooter on the team um god it's tough because i feel like we know what we're gonna get from furphy like we can't we can't really ask him to be like this lottery pick superstar like i think furphy's kind of solidified to just be a solid stud rest of the year um and hold on let me let me fall off though no Yes, and let me interrupt you, and then I'll let you get back to your point. But, like, we saw Furphy at his A game, and we lost games in the process because we didn't see other guys at their A game. So that's why I didn't go with Furphy. And then I just wanted to say, do you want to know David Lawrence's answer? I kind of want to guess. Yeah, try to guess it. Well, it shouldn't be too hard. It's not a name we've said. He's got a KJ? Yeah, KJ. Uh, It's someone we've – McCuller? Nick Timberlake? No, it's, yeah. Oh, no, no. He said Timberlake. I don't because, hate it, though, man. It, it, at first, I was like, eh. But then, I, but then he kept going. He's like, he showed, I know it's Towson, but he showed how good of a player he is at Towson. Basically, was saying how good our starters are and how consistent they are. If we could get added bench production from a shooter. Like, because he's saying at your peak, at your highest level. Oh, yeah, I guess my question player. is, what is his peak? Like, I don't, yeah. We could call it his Towson peak, but I don't think that's fair. Yeah, if Nick Timberlake can play average 20 a game like he did at Towson, sure. <laughs> but I'm going off the peak we've seen of them at Kansas. And like to me, Nick Timberlake could not play another second for this team, and I don't think Kansas season's going to go much different, as long as El Marco continues to. Because I'm not sure who uh, Lawrence was talking to. It's some guy on the pregame, but – he said McCuller right away, like didn't even hesitate. So it had me thinking, if you are you going to pick a stud to just play at an elite level in the tournament where McCuller's getting 20, 25, he's boarding, he's diming. 
or funny. I would go, I would go with Dewan, no question in my mind. Like there's just there's no question because I know what I'm getting oh. from everyone else. We need Dewan take care of the ball, get everyone involved, knock down open jumpers, finish around the rim, don't turn it over, and I think we're fine because outside of him, I love Furphy, KJ, um, Kev, and so. Hunter. What does his peak look like? What is yeah, yeah. Like? So I was gonna ask. Go on. Yeah. Is his peak Villanova like? Yeah, final his peak four is game? taking care of the ball, not getting passes deflected, and yeah, dictating the pace, getting everyone involved. Like I'm not asking him to score 15 a night. I'm not even asking him really to score 10. I'm asking him to be a threat as a knockdown jump shooter and finish around the rim. I really, I really. I think he's on his way to that, though. Like, look at his last five games in Cincinnati. He struggled five turnovers and thirty percent from the field. Other than that, though, like he's had had more than two turnovers in a game in his last five, like or four of his last five. I said El Marco or Furphy. I get the arguments against that, but it was just wondering how much El Marco plays. I just trust Juan that he's going to figure it out. Like I've seen enough from him to have enough faith that. You know actually who the answer should be? <laughs> Hunter Dickinson. I yeah, I mean, I was Because like maybe it's just the jump shot that's throwing me off because he's I feel like he misses every jump shot he takes now. Um and he made every one he took at the beginning of the year. I think he started like 12 to 20 from 3, which is just stupid and we knew it wasn't going to continue, but that's fair too. I like I could we on defense, but if part of him peaking is improving yeah. on defense, I think that means that Okay, now we have Jeff Withy that can shoot. That would be quite the peak. (laughs) My point being like a seven-footer that can at least protect the rim. At all a threat to block a shot would be nice. Like if someone's driving baseline, he has no issue stepping over and putting a hand in his face. But you can't give a guy like 10 extra inches – on a vert on on his vert overnight. I know. Like he's so just like, he's not going to become a great defender. And I thought about him too. Like, is a big going to carry you in the tournament or the rest of the year, or do you need it from a guard? I personally think you need it from a guard. But then you think about El Marco, and how much is El Marco really going to play when Kevin's back in the lineup, Furphy's starting, and how much of a peak are you asking from him off the bench when he's getting? How many minutes per game? I know that's what's tough. But then you like, I sat there originally. And I was like, are we really going to pick a bench guy when Bill Self is known for not using his bench? But like, then you think Remy Martin, like, right. But mm-hmm. that's a different, like El Marco's is. peak is not what Remy Martin's peak was. So that- no, but if, if the thing with Dewan, then you get, we've all said it, he's probably better off playing 30 minutes a game instead of 38 minutes a game. Well, then there's your, you know, I know it's only eight minutes right there for El Marco. But if we'd feel comfortable putting El Marco in, thinking like, okay, he's not going to allow a backdoor cut to get wide open first half a second into the ball game, like I think that would be the argument for him is just to add some sort of production off the bench. Yeah, I, I think mean he I, would be taking Furphy's minutes, wouldn't you say? If it's anyone, probably because a combo. Furphy's, I think. I mean, he's going to struggle to guard. Yeah, I think I mean, I'm getting come from Furphy, but I think it would be a collection of get Dewan a rest, get Kevin a rest, get. Hell, even KJ arrest and go four guards, put KJ at the five and take Hunter out for a little bit. Like they can get flexible with the five guys they have out there. Um, but I, I think know. I'm very much like I'm it's a great question. It is a fun question, but like I'm very much on the point of it's either Dewan or to me it's Furphy. Like I 
because I'm getting very hung up on the word peak. And to me, like we've seen Furphy's peak these last few weeks. And if he plays at this level, our defense is going to improve. Our offense will continue to get, like AB said, we haven't really seen Furphy at this level and Dewan playing like we know Dewan will play when it, when it's important. Like, so I think Furphy's a very good answer. I just don't know about El because, Marco. Because I, with, yeah. with Dewan too, you can kind of, I mean, the critics or the haters could kind of say the Villanova year that you were just talking about in that game, that the, that he got potentially bailed out by Remy Martin coming off the bench and that we actually had a scoring guard. Mm-hmm. And then you can kind of make the case last year that we don't make it to the second round with him as our lead guard. So yeah. I don't – it's tough because I could see either case on Dewan because some people are going to say, like, he's still not going to score, but I still feel like he can make the team go a little And bit. the numbers just say, like, when Dewan plays good, we are very freaking good. We win a lot because – Dewan, because of his unselfishness, surrounds himself with a bunch of guys that can score around him. So then if you add Dewan in there as a threat, everyone's going to be better. Like it, it just, that's why it's maddening that he doesn't try and go yeah. get 10 a game. That's exactly because, what I'm thinking. Yeah. Um, why? The, no free ads, but it's from Weavers. <laughs> no free ads. Because I'm sitting here, I was literally just thinking that. Why can't Dewan get 8 to 10 a game? Like he should get yeah because Hunter's gonna get doubled in the post he's gonna be wide open shooting threes we know Juan's capable shooter he should knock down two one to two threes a game he should Mm -hmm. finish around the rim a couple times maybe get to the free throw line but Juan should be scoring around double digits every game and he there was a point he did last year in big 12 play I hope he does going forward um do we have a decent crowd in here people wise Mm, we're dwindling I just I didn't know if you guys wanted to talk NIL at all. I have I'm... one Ken Palm thing I want to say to cool everyone's mind really quick. Ken Palm has five teams that can win the national championship right now based on the stats that we go back, top 20 offense, top 20 defense. KU's not in that right now, but well, we're we are close. fucking close, boys. Our we're defense, yeah. We're 22nd in both. So what I'm saying, we go in and beat Houston on Saturday. We are one of six teams that can win the national championship as of February 2nd, 2024. Dude, what we said at the beginning of the week, win against Houston and beat K-State, which now all of a sudden doesn't seem as big of a task, which knock on wood, but like we are so back. If we just beat Houston and win at K-State, we are back. That's all we got to do. Win a home game and beat K-State. I think we're good now, and I think we hit the nail on the head talking after the Iowa State game and how if we just would have won one of those road games, those ugly road games that we lost, I think everyone would be all in on this team and that Iowa State game. No one would have melted down. Obviously, you never want to lose, but we'd be sitting at 5-2 and in the league. Obviously, you want to beat Houston. Even if you lost, you'd still be in it, but I, I feel really good about this team. I feel good about the starting lineup. Uh, Furphy's emerged. Obviously, we talked KJ, Kev, Hunter. You can rely on them every every week. We just need a little bench production, I think. And last night, I know it's Oklahoma State, so it might be false hope, but El Marco has me excited, and that has me nervous at the same time. Like, I don't want to get too in on him, but just coming off the bench for 10, 15 minutes, mm-hmm. fucking guard, play hard, knock down the occasional jumper, finish around the rim, 
Like if we can get him and we know Parker's going to give a couple good minutes for Hunter and then you got who between what Timberlake. Yeah. Probably yeah. Timberlake. So I feel good about the starters and the bench can't get worse. Right. Like AB talked about the bench and the production. It can't get worse. I think it's only going to get better. And I think we have another star in Furphy and Dewan's going to be great rest of the year. So I really do think this is a national title contender right now. A couple of weeks ago, I did not think that at all. I felt like shit about this team. Yeah. And I try to keep it real, even as being a diehard fan. But I really, I really do think they are. So, AB, on your topic with like Ken Palm. So we were at like 36. What was that, a week ago in defense? I swear we were 36 defensively. Yeah, we were like 37th. Uh, after the, I thought it was offense. Oh, that was no, but we we got into the 30s after the Oklahoma or the West Virginia game when they put okay. up 90 on us. So like that's um, the thing to just your point, B turn. Like everything feels really bad, but in a weird way, we've started to like trend upward while really not gaining anything. Like we didn't win, but we've definitely been performing better, and that's the thing. If I guess, is this dramatic of me to say? As much as I say, if we beat Houston and we beat K-State, we are all the way back. If we lay an egg against Houston and lose, like, what are we saying next week on this podcast? That's what's crazy is if you lose a real – you play – just like Iowa State, we played well. They knocked down some crazy threes. We end up losing. If we win that game, fans say crazy stuff. Um or they're back in, they're all the way back in, but lose, you're going to melt down. Houston, if we play well, it's a defensive battle, you lose 61-60, our fans are going to melt down. You're 5-4 and four in the league. If you win by one, you're all the way back in. KU can win the Big 12. They're a national title contender. So the difference between winning and losing is crazy, but I feel like if you play well Saturday and you lose a tight one, I, I wouldn't melt down. <sighs> Yeah, but it feels know. like classic Bill Self spot where people around the country don't think Kansas is a national title contender. They have a top team. They people arguably think is the best team in the country coming into your house. KU wakes everyone up. They beat Houston. Talk shows around the country are finally like, okay, this is Bill Self. They find a way. He's the best coach in the country. KU's back. They're a national title contender. Like that's how this feels to me. I'll tell you right now, if it's going according to Ryan's script that he tweets out every year, we're, that's just another reason to say we're going to win. Yeah, I know. That, this is where we start to turn it around. The only thing is that last year we kind of we won at Kentucky, and it felt like, here we go, we're back, and then we lost at Iowa State like the week later, which Iowa State was good last year. Yeah, they were good last year, so it like, wasn't a bad loss, but we still didn't even really hit our peak until after February 4th last year, but We've we have uh, really dug ourselves a hole. Well, last year we lost three straight too. So yeah, I'll throw one one tough question for you guys. I've got a fun question for you after this. Which which game would you rather win? Houston Houston or at K State? I think so too, but just, God, losing I at K State would be—I mean, imagine the hype and the excitement after beating Houston to turn around and lose in Manhattan. It'd be pretty. And it's boring. just a tough—it's a tough turnaround for the yeah. team in general. Saturday in Lawrence, they win that game. 
probably going to go out. You turn around, play at your biggest rival a couple like hours later. That's that's pretty <laughs> tough to me. That's yeah. pretty tough to me. Um, so I kind of think that's, what's that's going what I'm. There. That's what I'm kind of think. Yeah, I'm sitting here thinking like, do we win both of those games? Like, I feel like it's not crazy to say it's a split, but I feel like fans wouldn't be um, solidified with that. Like, they wouldn't be happy with the split there. Would you guys be more surprised if they go 2-0 and or 0-2? 0-2. We're not losing both. I mean, if we do, this team sinks. Like, I'm out. I go pod. Cancel so my tickets. Not. We've, we've had so I'll many dispute work. the NIL do- donation I made on my credit card today. <laughs> um, I'm just kidding. I'm, I'm just thinking about who, who we want to beat more or whatever I phrased it. Obviously, K-State's a huge rival, but it's there that – it happens every once in a while we lose there. Houston, we just talked about it, all the storylines behind it and how they're the new – could be the new top dog, the seeding thing. You're in Allen. Everyone's going to call us frauds if we lose. If we beat Houston and then lose a tight one at K-State, everyone's like eh. – That's definitely – yeah, I think that's the way you have to prefer it because, yeah, K-State will get their jokes off and it'll suck, but, like, you still have – you gave Houston – another loss like that's the key here is like let's give Houston another loss let's show that we are still top dog but well the wow. thing is if we lose at K-State all that we're gonna do is just say that they were filming our huddles and cheating like, well just, you gotta pin that second to last comment joke. yeah I mean the big 12 is it's so stupid Super Bowl though well yeah can't say that. That's copyright infringement. My heart. The big, big game. game. Yeah. The big We're game. We're not making money off this right now. Three. That's a three-day stretch. I no. might die. I feel like we had one of those recently. When uh, what was going? Oh, it was a divisional round. Now, yeah. You might as well get your tweet ready because you had one for. So let me look bills. up what happened that Saturday. Uh, <laughs> People were on your ass, dude. I can't bills. believe that was the fucking tweet that did it. Like. While you while you find I got I got it now I got it now. So remember the stretch where we had Saturday we came back from down fifteen or twenty or whatever in Manhattan and won. Oh, and then Sunday we had thirteen seconds against the Bills, and then Monday we had double overtime against Tech where Ochai hit a couple big shots. (laughs) Oh, we had that in the three day stretch. That that's what made me that. Is what that's a heater. Game. I mean, I don't know if you time heater. That. But then the weekend after, we we went Saturday, oh, oh. shit pumped at Allen by Kentucky. Sunday, the biggest choke in Mahomes' career, maybe his life, back to back days. That was pretty tough too. Yeah. Um, but just fun with trends. I do want to say before we get out of here, uh, this is a very tough question, a fun question. I don't know that either of you guys were paying attention to this game last night. I would like you guys to both try and make a guess as to the time left in the first half when K-State made their first field goal. 12 minutes, 22. You say that again. When K-State, the time on the clock in the first half when K-State made their first field goal. They had like seven points with like six minutes left, didn't they? Or something crazy. Like under 10. With ten and a half to go in the first, they hit a they uh in guessing I don't know how to say his name we made a jumper it. to to make it twelve to three. So you know Call they didn't make a field goal for ten. They went to two TV timeouts. 
They didn't get to double digits until the 317 point. That's cool. Dude, if we lose that game, if we lose that, I know. But they're going to play solid. Yeah, they're going to make everything. They're going to play the best game of their year. That's crazy, though. Like, that's something bad, bad teams are only capable of doing. Uh, I was going to say this. K-State was favored, right? Last night, two and a half. Lost by 20. Here's Here's an interesting little picture of this for you, A.B. Yeah, I got one, too. Jerome Tang is 3-0 and against Scott Drew since coming to K-State. He is 1-1 against Bill Self. So what I'm having a really hard time believing is Jerome Tang going to start against Scott Drew and Bill Self. What would that make him? 5-1 and through his first six? Is that the right math? That no. 4-1. Four four. Yeah, he would be 5-1. and 4-1. and one. I don't know. Either way. Brian. Like, like, is that going to happen? I, I can't. Yeah, he's three and zero against Scott Drew. Yes, he's one and one against Bill Self. He would be two and one against Bill Self with the win. That would be five and one. Five and one. Yeah, I. Oh. I, I, mean, <laughs> I thought I you was, said two and zero oh and one and one or three, three and zero oh and one and one. But it would be in then you would include and one. Right, but he would say, "Is Jerome Tam going to start?" Tang, oh, okay. Gonna okay. start five and one if they do. I'm that. hearing, I'm hearing that we're gonna hand Jerome Tang his first overtime loss. Dude, I was Manhattan. just looking at that. We ain't going to overtime. We're gonna win that game by. I think you want to screen. You want to talk about a game that screams 78-66, AB. It's that game. If we win both of those, where are we at on this team? No matter, like the fan base and you guys, like we're gonna be. We're back. Or what? Or what in the league? Five and three. Yeah. So we'd be seven and three. Yep. I'm sure we would shoot up in Ken Palm significantly just with a decent showing and a win against Houston. And then And then we get Baylor at home. So we're we're looking at eight and three if we get a little heater here, boys. And you split in the two road games at Tech and Oklahoma, you're nine and four. I mean, I'm I telling know. you thirteen and five it. ain't out of the question. I want it because it feels like the excitement of this season hinges on the next yeah. two games. And that's dramatic to say, but it's not dramatic to say. No, it's not. For me, for me, it's the next three games. It's Man. Houston, K-State, Baylor. And the reason why I say three is because those games take you up to the day before the Super Bowl. <laughs> once, once the Super Bowl run is over, I don't know how you guys feel. I know me personally, I am going to care 10x more about KU basketball games when the football season's over. It's been a little difficult for me. And I, where I'm not even used to it yet. It happens every year, it seems like. But when the Chiefs are playing into February, I just don't have it in me to get like super into KU games. Now, I will be for the Houston game. It's a big game. I will, like, if it's a big game, I'll be locked in. I'm not saying I don't pay attention or anything like that. But I care a lot more when there's nothing else to fall back on on the weekend except for KU hoops. I, I have to say that if we win Saturday, we have three wins over top five Ken Palm teams. One, three, and five. Houston, the, guy, the guy that called him Ken Fraud made me laugh. But go ahead. Houston, UConn, and Tennessee. We'd have three wins over top five teams in Ken Palm's database. Plus Kentucky. And wow. so where would we – I don't – it's probably too early for bracketology, but where are we right now? And what would our resume look like with that? With those, we wins? would we would have to be back on the one line 
other than Chris Reynolds and maybe Lenardi. I, I, I'm kidding, but <laughs> uh, we have to be on the one line. At that point, you're eight and three in Big 12 with three top five wins, and your non con loss is a top 15 Ken Palm loss. Like, I don't know. That's why this, oh, it just feels so big. <laughs> Gotta win these games, boys. We got to. It's never too early for bracketology, Braden. And the Iowa, yeah, absolutely. And Iowa State loss is obviously not a bad one. We almost pulled that one off. That's a top 13 team. We lost to Marquette. Yep. It was at 14. Man, our resume would be nuts if we even won that Iowa State game. Uh, yeah. One other side note. I don't know if you guys were on it or not. I've since retired, but <laughs> boys, there was never a more obvious upset than Georgia Tech Moneyline last night. <laughs> Thanks for the I mean, I'm just telling you. I am, I am in a big break from game. Yeah, oh, <laughs> same. But, uh, dude, it was a Monday after a Saturday, the sleepiest, <laughs> the sleepiest game going into under 500 Georgia Tech. And they have Duke coming up this weekend at home. And they hadn't lost yet. They were simply due for a loss. Yeah. and I'm Hubert telling Davis you, there was you. never a more obvious upset than that one. Yeah. And that spread was what, 10? 10 ish. It was 10 ish. Yeah, Tennessee like was 15 nine, and they that lost. Crazy. I did not see that one coming. I thought you were going to say that at the at first for no. some reason. No. I like, um, but I I do, like this analysis. I'm, this is big brain thinking. You don't want to have too good of a resume or they might just overthink it. So good call. E. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Lose your quad one win uh, games, but mm-hmm. win I do your quad have, threes by a lot. They've got to get rid of these quad one games, man. It's so stupid that a, that a, that a game against the number 25 team is three? the same as against the number one. Like it's just, What about quad three? No, they get rid of all of them, man. Houston. Just be like, I don't know, top five, top ten. Just dive into the analytical. I don't give a shit. Just If they went strictly off Ken Palm numbers and they said, oh, look at this team. Ken got Brown. the number one strength of schedule. They've got the, you know, they beat this but like, team. Uh, there's still something I, you know, I, it's a freaking equation. So I know it, but like, there's still something that has to be slightly off with <laughs> the fact that like Houston and Gonzaga all these years and like the win differential, it just, and I know I'm probably wrong. The math still math somehow he factors all that in, but like, it is weird. The Ken Palm stuff, but I would agree it's better than like, now that I think about it, you're comparing it to the quad and the, you know, the compared net. to like net, like that stuff's a disaster. Ken Baum is pretty damn. At least there's like, a formula that you can follow and is consistent and has correctly picked the 23 of the last 24 national champions. I'm yeah. just trying to think what the stakes could be last big 12 game of the season. If we find a way to win this one on Saturday, it could get crazy that last week. Cause if we lose Saturday, it's very outside shot. We win the Big 12, I would say, because you still got to go to Houston, to Baylor, to K-State. But if we win this game Saturday, it gets tight. And that last game of the year, you're at Houston. Like, that could have so many um, – what word am I looking for? Implications? Um, yes. Mm. It really could. I mean, it, it uh... outright, it could have share, seating. Imagine all of us that have like KU futures in that game. Like we are probably not going to feel great, but I, I guess I just don't get the fucking net, boys. 
Can you guys explain it to me? I'm looking at it right no. now. How how is Tennessee the three and four in quad one has more losses than we do and a head to head loss to us fifth and we're thirteenth? Like I just don't get it. I'm pretty convinced like Seth Greenberg and like Lenardi and a few others just got together and started a build a equation and then got lazy and we're like, eh, that's it. We're good. Roll it out. Like makes no sense. It's Wait. a classic example of like overthinking it way too much. Um, and I don't know how it works at all, but I, are, are you in the field house Saturday? Oh yeah. Maybe you, you'll be watching it with people or what's going on. I've got a birthday event that okay. evening. But, I was going to uh, say, we, if we win that game, we got to figure out a way to do some content. I'm thinking about either trying to get tickets or maybe maybe we watch it live with like a Tyshawn or something like that. But this game is huge. I feel like 21, like 21 year old us would be shitting bricks Saturday, like pumped. The only the only issue, and this could be an off the air conversation, but I'm I wonder if anyone gives a fuck. Sometimes I like when podcasts talk about behind the scenes stuff. <laughs> it's the timing's a bit tough because the game's gonna end at five fifteen or five thirty. How many twenty one year olds are gonna be like, "Okay, you just beat Houston by fifteen. Let's go to the Hawk." No, or are they gonna say, "Let's go home and watch Ano seats"? Like that's my only holdback right now. Uh, I would like to think they'd listen. Uh, I think, another option sure? I have is like, there's nothing on Sunday. It's the Pro Bowl, and I don't know about you guys. Pro Bowls. Yeah, uh, you could not. I'm not kidding. You could offer me five hundred dollars to watch the Pro Bowl right now. That's how you get out of your streak, right? Let's put some money on the Pro Bowl. Nope. Come on. Could pay me five hundred. I is. won't even do it. Super Celtic. Wow. Gang, gang. We're gonna get a surprise. We're gonna get them on someday, boys. That's my white whale right How does how does how do they know who Super Celtic is? We've talked about them 611 episodes in a row. Wow, what a legend. (laughs) Let's just go to the second part of this show, and we're gonna now go live stream a Super Celtic YouTube video. We just talked two hours about Kansas Houston. (laughs) Just kidding, but we do need to wrap this up because my god, it says who Did you guys just hear the video? Did that play through? No. I, no. Can't, I can't hear Super Celtic. Just thinking about you staying on here for another hour. Man, talking. He, he's he's sweet, boys. He hadn't made one in five days. Wake up. Wow. Be better. No bracketology from Super Celtic. What's going on? Ryan, I got a, I got a basketball question for you. <clears throat> How fired is Darvin Ham? <laughs> I love all the memes of him hold like his hand in the pocket on the sidelines. Woo! Oh, we got to talk about Jeff Goodman. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Thank you. Let's go. We do. You guys have to do this one. I haven't. I don't know shit. So, so I'm interested. For those still on, I mean, I think everybody here. We still got 46 people in here. That's pretty good. <laughs> wow. Uh, for those people that have been a part of the college basketball world. Jeff Goodman's been like a character on Twitter and he's just been involved and he's pretty much at all point been a pretty unlikable guy. Most of the time, I would say yeah. um, <laughs> pretty annoying. Uh, I'll take Aaron craft over Andrew Wiggins any day of the week. <laughs> okay. Oh, no. So oh, no. Jeff Goodman, for those that don't know, very, I'm going to sum this up as quick as possible. Cause it's very stupid when you say it out loud, but like a, it would basically be like if me or AB or B-Turn created a KU uh, 
or a Big 12 YouTube channel, and we did like Big 12 documentaries about old Big 12 stories. And this dude did this with Big East Film. He called it Big East Films, and he made really cool Big East documentaries. And then he made it, uh, but he was obviously stealing footage and stuff. Like he wasn't at the games watching uh, the basketball games. He didn't, it wasn't his footage. Uh, He makes these documentaries and he does one about Ed Cooley leaving Providence and going to UConn, which like I knew it was a big deal that he left Providence, but the documentary, I didn't realize how much of a king Ed Cooley was at Providence. So like, it was crazy. Very interesting documentary. Anyways, Jeff Goodman DMs the guy that made it. And I see one of the lines. He says, Hope, do you look good in orange? Meaning like you're going to go to prison. And then he's like, I don't uh, actually, I don't know if you're going to go to prison, but like you're getting sued over this. And the guy's like, who's your source? Rob Douster or whatever. I don't know. And then he's like, no, but it's a damn good one. And this is going to cost you tons of money. Just like being such a jerk to this guy who yes the documentary had a couple outlandish things in it i would have left out the stuff about cooley and his personal life blah 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 yes but for goodman to do that and then ab i don't know about you but my twitter that day was i've never i've never seen a guy get like it's been a while since you've seen just one big group college basketball Twitter as a whole just absolutely destroy a guy for a day straight. So uh, it's a lot more to it. I think that John Fanta was on the documentary and he's like the most likable guy in the world. So that made it awkward. But any thoughts, AB? Either way, I made all that to say. I loved watching Jeff Goodman get dragged for 45 sh- or for 24 straight hours. On- yeah. It, it felt like a long time coming and it was like, it was good to see we're not the only ones. Mm. Uh, I guess I, maybe I'm not in it as much as you are, but I didn't realize how like widely disliked he was as an analyst. Um, and I'm sure, I'm sure all analysts are pretty unliked. Like, I mean, they're quoted saying stuff all the time, but it's like, he's not. I was trying to. It felt more personal. Like it was, it was, he just came off as such a dick and like such a, I'm better than you kind of like mentality. And I think that's the thing that was like, regardless of what the situation was, it kind of just came off as like, dude, I don't think anyone cares that much. And you're in this dude's DMs threatening jail time and like just threatening this dude because of a couple copyrighted clips he had. Like, how did it concern I, Goodman? Is kind of my question. Right. He like, was I, mad I guess because I've never of the Fanta really... thing. So, John Fanta was misled thinking, which. So, the guy approached John Fanta about being in the dock and said, Hey, I'm with Big East Films. Do you want to? Uh, to this pod. And so John Fanta thought it was like a legit documentary <laughs> called From Big East Films. Mm-hmm. And so Goodman was mad that this guy misled John Fanta. But I'm like, I'm sorry. Is John Fanta, one, is John Fanta not an adult that can fight his own battles? And two, is John Fanta not a journalist that can take 10 seconds oh, to fair. research Big East Films <laughs> and realize, oh, wait, this is an independent guy. This is cool, but I don't want to be attached to this because he's uh not official right like so that was goodman's whole argument 
And I'm like, again, it's not about whether the documentary was right or wrong or the Fanta. Or, it's how Goodman talked to this dude. Like he was, mm-hmm. I don't know. It, it is, it's very weird to be a guy like Jeff Goodman who, well, I don't. Like what does Jeff Goodman gain from doing that too? Well, like what's, what's, the, what's his end goal? That's where I'm wondering. I don't know much about it, but that's kind of what I'm questioning. Yeah, it's just, I think he's just a jerk. Like, I think he's a prick. I think he just likes to, I think he talks to people a lot like that. Like, I think that's just kind of who Jeff Goodman is. When he's upset about something, he's going to do that. And it was just this guy exposed it. And people just hated the way he did it. And it was just the tone and the, you hope you look good in orange. Like, it was just so. (laughs) Why would you say that to someone? Yeah, well, over a documentary, like right. It, yeah, all, uh, all that did, all that did, was multiply views by a thousand. What's what's the effect? Is it the Barbara Barbara? What is that? Streisand. Streisand? Yes, <laughs> Barbara Streisand effect. Where like she at one point was like, I don't want anyone to ever take a picture of my house. I don't want it to ever be online. I don't want anyone to know where I live. Like she was huge about that. And then guess what? Everyone made it their goal to post and share her picture all over the place because she cared so much about it. And if Jeff Goodman just doesn't, if Jeff Goodman just stays quiet, doesn't promote this doc or not, not that he promoted it, but if he doesn't berate this guy in the DMs, I promise you, I don't know about this documentary. And I watched the whole damn thing. So India, like you said, kind of went about it in a way um, less prickish way. Yeah. Just like, could have been like, hey, man, we didn't like how you misled. <laughs> Again, I find it weird that he's like doing John Fanta's dirty work. I don't know. But weird, weird situation. But boy, was Twitter on a heater that day. It was great. Yeah. Um, wow. Yeah. Someone just commented orange down, too. Uh, I, uh, I'll i save my rant until they come to Lawrence. But boy, do I hope 16,300 people are doing horns down when they come here. Because it doesn't make sense to me how, <laughs> honestly, am I missing something with those, this no, whole thing? it's crazy. Like, did you see the BYU coach after the game? He was Which, like, apologize, like, that's not us. Like, acting like one of his students just shot Rodney Terry in the face. What are we said, talking about? The coach, and I quote, I think said, it was just a, you know, mis- miscalculation on our fans' part. Insane. Like, can, you imagine, can you imagine playing at Mizzou and one of the Mizzou fans, Antlers, whoever, is holding up a sign that says, like, I don't know, something that has Kansas in there and they do a lowercase k. Can you imagine Bill Self throwing a fit over that? Is that any different? Like, what are we talking about? Even the fuck KU. The fuck KU is like, we think it's fun. I can see the argument where it's like... This argument, like political correctness, that's the thing. Horns down isn't... Like it's nothing controversial. Like that is what's blowing my mind so much about it is it's not like a derogatory, like fuck Kate telling them not to say fuck KU is more right. like political correctness. The horns down thing. Like I I'm with you, AB. It was like, am I missing something? Is there a, a hidden for decades? Right. And it's, and it's like, not just it's, what happened to BYU. It's like the big 12 came out and made a statement that it was going to be an unsportsmanlike penalty in football. If a team did that. What are we talking about? Who cares? It's a hand signal. And they're it's their oh last my God. year in the league. It should Put be me worse. in jail. Jeff Goodman's gonna DM me. Do you look good in orange, buddy? No, I don't because I'm not a fucking Texas fan. Doing the yeah, come on, baby. 
<laughs> I just don't understand why. I, it's why such is, a big yeah, deal. why has it changed now? This year is it just society know, getting softer? Like Brady, I, I almost. Sorry, go ahead, Ryan. I'll, well, I was just going to say forever. the the football like in the game. I could see if they were like, "Hey, we've had an issue with players throwing horns down in the face, and it's causing like fights." Like I can see if refs were like. We're not going to have it. We're not going to, in a rivalry game, we're not going to allow that to happen. It's still very soft and lame, but for to care what fans are saying it and for Rodney Terry to care about it, every game Texas has lost for the last decade, people have in done that. In any sport. And, like, for him to lose his mind over it, which – He told still, every person in line. Every <laughs> player. Are you serious? I can't remember if we ever talked about this on a pod, but it's That's one of my favorite developments of all time. Rodney Terry talking about how Texas doesn't jump up and down after wins, and oh then he God. quite literally jumped up and down like a little child after they won their next game was like the perfect just thing ever. I loved that. That's one of it's, my favorite moments of the season so far. Just tell how salty and butthurt he was for losing to UCF to stop every single person in line, even the walk-ons. Don't do that. Such, Don't do that. Such Coach K energy, and he's Rodney Terry. Do you think – the players uh, yeah. even care that much. How does it affect you? You've I think it's it more embarrassing. Think about the like, seniors on their team, how many times they've seen that in their career. And I always loved about KU basketball. Yeah, like they embraced the fuck KU stuff. Like they mm-hmm. had fun with it. They would laugh. They would, you know, that's what a team that is good does. That's a, what college sports is all about. And so, yeah, the horns down, it, it makes no sense that like the BYU thing, I get it. BYU is held to like a very, their university is real strict on stuff, but like that was crazy to see that coach. That but I tell you what, the next time there's a big horns down story, I've got a tweet that'll do a thousand likes. You still haven't done that yet? I haven't had a good opportunity. I almost did it. I almost quoted Braden's yesterday and did it, but I felt like I was forcing it a little bit. I really want to save it for the right opportunity. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, that's a that's a cliffhanger for the by the way, shout out to the loyal. I mean, we've had we've been stuck at this 4445 number here. These are like our these are our people. These are the mm-hmm. diehards. These are the people that for whatever reason are still listening to us an hour 25 in talk about anything. So shout out to all you guys. Uh, I ain't done yet. State takes. I think we ain't done yet, boys. Uh, One more Rodney Terry question. Fired? Uh, Chris Beard going back to Texas, question mark? Three and five in the league is the Texas Longhorns. Uh, And boys, it doesn't get much easier. They got at TCU this weekend. They got Iowa State at home. They still got to go to Houston. They got to come to Lawrence. They got to go to Lubbock. They got to go to Waco. They got OU at home. Like they've got a bear of a schedule. Pray for them on those road games for how many horns down. They they could end up six and twelve in the league. And if they're six and twelve in the league, it's like what I said with Venables. Like you're going to a new conference. You kind of got to go in with the bang, right? Basketball's not a big of a deal in the SEC as football is, but like And it's I mean, like it was already they didn't want to give him that job. Like they wanted to have a search so bad, but he did, you know, he won the big 12 tournament. They went to the elite eight, which by the way, they choked away that elite eight game. So like, uh, so like they didn't want to give him the job, but it was one of those things like, man, it's a bad look if we don't, but yeah, his leash is as short as it gets. And so if they go six and 12 or even seven and 11 or eight and 10, he's gone with the amount of guys that may be out available. Do you guys think we're in a spot now? Um, 
we've talked before whenever bill leaves who the next coach will be and it kind of seemed like the trend now is to go with the guy that's been in the program for a while and kind of learn from self and just hire from inside that's starting to not look as good in a lot of places like kyle neptune's not good uh rodney terry's not very good and it just it always seems crazy to me that all these big schools with massive budgets are just promoting the assistant like i get you want to keep something similar but at the same time it's like I don't yeah. want someone Ooh. with zero head coaching experience coaching the KU Jayhawks. Like, that just doesn't sound fun to me. I got a trivia question for both of you. Who was the starting point guard Bill Self's first year at Kansas? Aaron Miles. But Aaron yeah. Miles, if Next I, I would bet you, though, like, <laughs> I think Jeremy Case has a better chance of being I the next so head too. coach. But if Aaron Miles could get a college job, I think he will be in the driver's seat. But like, or maybe Case needs. So, AB, would you rather, let's say Bill coaches 10 more years. Yeah. Would we rather Case leave for five and go be like a good coach in the Missouri Valley and then we hire him from there? Or would you rather him just stick around and it's like a behind the scenes thing where it's like, all right, Case, I'm retiring in 2034 and you're the guy. Um, I'd like to see him prove it a little bit. I, I'm sorry. It's going to be that's a, since, this is since a, Duke. That's a funny, that's a funny <laughs> comment. Since Duke and UNC and Villanova and all these big schools haven't had coaching searches. Some of them have worked. Some of them haven't, but like, I just, I don't know, man. I don't know. It's, and I, I would, I would, I would want Jeremy case over Aaron miles. Cause I just don't know. Has Aaron Miles coached in college at all? No. Does he want to coach in college? Are we sure that he's up for the recruiting, the NIL, the all that stuff? Like basketball wise, he yeah. might be the best one out there. But like all the other stuff that goes into being a college coach is what would kind of give me pause with uh with AA Ron coming back. I just I can't fathom if we don't do a search. Like that was what was crazy to me, especially Villanova. Like, you lose Jay Wright and you go hire. They had Kyle Neptune announced by the end of that night, like within hours. So they he didn't did even, exactly what you just said Case could do. I know, which is scary. So that's why I don't know what I think. But he was there for like one year and they weren't even that good. Like, that was what was crazy about Neptune. Hubert Davis was also kind of crazy to me because he was an ESPN an analyst like 10 years prior to that. Um John Shire made a little bit of sense because Duke is just so like, you know, Duke. Yeah, it's just such a Duke move to be like, oh no, we must hire from within. Like there, but we have to have a coaching search. We have to, and it needs to start. You know who I'm gonna say? Well, it depends. Frank it's the guy at Arizona. I still think he's sick. I still want him. I still, I still picture AB sitting back watching Kansas games coached by Tony Bennett. Oh God! <laughs> Remember his Virginia obsession when they lost. Imagine Allen Fieldhouse when we're winning forty-four to forty. Oh, oh my, my God. God! Kelvin Sampson versus Tony Bennett. I wish Kelvin Sampson was. What's the over/under and what's the final? Oh. It's weird. Like, we're talking about, like, Tony Bennett doesn't exist anymore. Like, Virginia just really not <laughs> Ralph Sampson's coming back. 
So Boys, I hate there, I, there's a team in the Mountain West that's top 20 in Ken Palm, and he's the son of a legend. Would you hire him? Oh boy. Uh are you talking about <laughs> New Mexico? Yeah. What's his Pertino. name? The, the Indiana or wait, Richard Pertino? Pertino. Oh, okay. <laughs> no. Billy Donovan, though. That's <laughs> who did you think it was? I was thinking of uh Steve. Who's the guy Irvin? that used to no, yeah, no. Uh, point guard from Indiana played for Bob Knight, coach at Iowa. Oh, uh, yeah, McCaffrey. No, no, Slick, yeah, Steve Alford. I thought that was wasn't he at New Mexico too? Potentially, then I thought so, you yeah. were talking yeah. about his son. I was like, who is his son? Yeah. <laughs> Richard Patino. Um, I heard Porter Mosier is gonna look awesome in crimson and blue. I heard. Um, people are going to think we're psychos when we post a two hour long video on YouTube, but and we're talking I about like a it. head coaching search, uh, <laughs> Bill Self's rejuvenated. Yeah. Which, by the way, Bill looks fantastic. Him wearing a suit oh, the other day again, I was so kind of like, is that going to change the season? Uh, I'll say, I'll throw this name out there the Texas Tech coach, he's young. You give him five more years if he keeps crushing there. The crazy thing is, if AB was our AD um, five years ago, Mike Boynton would be our head coach right now. And he would have succeeded. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Okay. I feel bad for the guy. Um, I really wait. do. You could tell yesterday in the handshake line that he knew it was his last trip down field. He, he's, he, he's networking in the handshake lines. Like he's doing the whole, like, hey, let me know if you have any openings next year. Like he's going to be a great first assistant next year. Um, you know, like the Doc Sadler job where it's like, ah, Doc got fired again. What if Boynton we got a spot on the staff? What if Boynton goes out like uh, Bruce Weber and starts talking NCAA investigation stuff since Oklahoma State got screwed? And <laughs> God, what did we got to find Bruce's interview? That was the most. I thought it was fake, like AI generated. It was the most cowardly way to go out the way that Bruce Weber went out. Still so funny. And his hair was such a debacle. And then he's talking <laughs> about how he won't. Like, it was crazy. Bruce Weber. We didn't, I'm not cutting my hair until they arrest the guys at the FBI thing. <laughs> we didn't appreciate Bruce Weber for what he was. We really didn't. Like, we had the best possible situation ever. That was our rival's head coach, was Bruce Weber. You okay? No way, AD just did that. Oh. His hair was like in a static. Oh, boy. <laughs> mm. We have a picture of this. Dude, you could hear him screaming at every game just from the sideline, screaming at his players like on defense, like to guard. My favorite Bruce Weber moment is the first Big 12 commercial where they'd go to every coach and they'd all say something to Big 12 and they'd show Bruce Weber stifling defenses. (laughs) And they would show it like every commercial break. (laughs) Oh, he was such a character. His face when he says it too. Oh, man. And he was there like three years too long. It was so good. Oh, it was so good. And he was always classic, like, awful, 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 wins the Big 12, so you can't fire him. And he would buy himself three to four more years, and it was just miserable. He had them in a chokehold of, like, you can't fire me, but I will. 
he was like, I promise you, I'm not stringing together two good seasons in a row. Won't do it, but I'll get you one every five. And the best part was that he was only the coach there because of Bill Self. Oh my God. <laughs> that was his hair the night he went out. This man's getting in the middle of saying it. Oh. He's, he's getting fired. His career as a head coach is over, and he chooses <laughs> to one go with that hairstyle all because he's mad. And he's holding and, that. Think about that. He's on the sideline knowing he's gonna lose, and he's thinking about that. Like he's gonna say that. When in my exit, so funny, I'm gonna man. talk about Kansas's FBI. Oh, he's no, like at home game. with his wife, like, all right, listen to this. And my hair's going to look little... like this, honey. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, oh, my God. Um, Man, he he could have had, he had a chance to make us his last game at KU, but he had to lose to West Virginia like a fraud artist in the first round of the Big 12 tournament. God, you hate that. It's okay. Huggins got tossed in the first second of the game. So oh that was great. God. Weren't we all we, together at that game? Yeah, we, we did a live show in front of two people at CB. <laughs> Then I played one-on-one <laughs> full court against Tyshawn and had just the most open three. Exactly. It was worth it. But that live show was sick, man. Dude, yeah. Sold out really crowd. Out. We, we stayed in a hotel together the night before because the snowstorm that was coming in that never came. Where did mm. I sleep? On a sheet. You don't sleep anyways. I just, I just remember we're like half drunk stumbling into the hotel room. And I think, Braden, didn't you call the front desk and ask if they had any cots or anything that they could bring up? Is it like twelve thirty in the morning? Mm, No shot. Needed it, and my you guys wouldn't let me cuddle with you. Kind of crazy. I would have been all in. (laughs) No, Um, you had an open bed. So did you, dickwad? Yeah, I paid for the hotel. Yeah, you did. Yeah, I wasn't sharing a bed and paying for the hotel. You did. Rye was. I mean, he still is, but Rye was fucking dedicated. A lot of drives from Topeka to Kansas City. Yeah, grind. just to sit in a studio and hey, dude, it's so funny. I've been I've been around Greg Gurley like so many times in my life. Every single time he finds someone to tell a story about our studio and what dude. it looked like. They take me to some weird studio in the West Bottoms and thought I was gonna get murdered. The AB guy finds me at the front door and we elevators broken, creaky steps of stairs and they have a bottle of bourbon just sitting there right for me he was yeah it was like uh, what's the classic like taunting a little kid with candy like you just put a bottle of bourbon in front of girly he's like oh, okay this is safe when like, we get any story um but i guess since we've went this long and there's hopefully still a couple people in here we got to talk about nil a little bit because we can clip it or whatever and put it on social media i love I love that we hit this at the hour 38 point, but go ahead. I'm going to go fill up my water. I'll be right back. I'm going to take okay. my oh, But yeah, right. we can, we can clip fine. it, whatever, put on social media, but it has to change football-wise, um, like just putting it lightly. And we're kind of getting crushed from most schools throughout the Big 12. Football is king. And if you want to keep players around, land players um, in the portal, get recruits, it's got to change, and I feel like it's definitely something that we got to get out there more where people can find it, they have access to it, they find Mastery NIL website, they donate to someone, and we put it towards the NIL or whatever, like we help them out. 
but it's got to be spread more and we got to take football more seriously. I know it's starting to change, but I feel like, Rye, you've said it a lot. Like we grew up or the kids that are in college now grew up not being obsessed with Kansas football. It was a joke. We were made fun of. Um, we had the worst decade ever, but KU is legit now. They have one of the best coaches in the country. I'm not even afraid to say that anymore. Maybe the best in the Big 12. Like, and a new stadium's coming. Things could change dramatically. They could be the best program in the Big 12 for a long time. But it's got to change, and it's like it's a competition throughout the country. Like, we're behind schools <clears throat> a ton NIL-wise, and it just it needs to change from football side. Basketball is straight. They're yeah, killing it. Everything's great. Hunter, I think, got like a mill. So <clears throat> I don't know what really much else to say. I don't know if you guys well, have much more I'll to just, touch on. I'll just say this. Vernon has been tweeting it out. We tweeted it out. His newsletter, I don't even know how it all. He texted me last night about it. I didn't see the text. And then today I wake up and it's like, wait. You raised thirty thousand dollars through your newsletter for NIL, like so insane stuff. Uh, and I don't know where it's at. I don't know what it's at, but over thirty thousand raised, and it's just awesome to see people. So if you have not donated that, even if it's like fifteen bucks, ten bucks, go do it. Move the needle. It makes Lance happy. If we want Lance to stay, <laughs> and I know there's people that want Lance to just want Lance to commit, then we'll commit the NIL money. But like. That's probably not how it's going to work. We're going to need NIL to be really good in this new era. And uh, yeah, if you want to get some of the better players in the country and you want players to stay, we're so blessed that a lot of the studs on this team didn't leave. Like that shows how good the staff is and how committed they are to the staff. But in the future, there's going to be Alabama's or I guess Saban's gone, but there's going to be some of the premier uh, programs in the country trying to poach our players or coaches. And we got to have the money to keep these guys around. Um, so it's, it's a huge thing. I was going to make a video earlier on Twitter, just talking about Kansas and our brand. Like you go anywhere in the country, you guys know this, you're wearing KU shit. You get a rock chalk from someone. Kansas is a massive brand with millions of fans. $5 doesn't sound like a lot. If you get tens of thousands of people to donate $5, do the okay, math makes a huge difference. Hundreds of thousands of people donate a dollar. It doesn't matter how much it is. Just donate. We can build something crazy special, this football program. That's how good Leipold is. And we have Bill. We have basketball. We need football. We need the money to be there. We need to be able to land premier top talent throughout the country. New stadium's coming. The team's here. They're winning. We need – Playing at Arrowhead this year, official. Yeah, I got uh, uh, to take on that, but – I've got hey, one last thing. Two hours. I've got to. I've got to leave. But <coughs> I'll stay on by myself and go. Do you want to hear something game. crazy? Twitter better be going absolutely bananas at the fact that Purdue won a home game against oh, a bad it. Northwestern team. Guess how many free throws Purdue shot compared to Northwestern? Guess. Well, how many did Edie shoot? Just guess the difference. <laughs> 22. 28. What? More. 34. More. Shut Dude, up. Kidding. Are you fucking serious? How many did they shoot in general? Purdue shot 46 free throws and Northwestern shot eight. That's 
dude. And Purdue won in overtime. And what I'm saying is if that oh, happened in Allen Fieldhouse, my God. we would be under, like, there'd be a national emergency. There would be. So that that's really crazy. I'm convinced this is incorrect, but this is what the stat, stat I just, said. I just checked it, too. Dude, Man. 46? Edie, Edie shot 17. I mean, that God, he was 8 of 17 from the free throw line. Hackett. But, like. Hackershack in the tournament when we play him? That's crazy, dude. That's crazy, but yeah. All right, this was this was the last. And if you guys want to stay on, that's totally fine. Shout out, we still have forty five people. You guys are these people are great. Psychos, I love you guys, but great. Um, this was fun, boys. We'll see you guys. One more thing. One more thing. One more thing. One more. Well, Ryan, feel free to. You can log off. No, Ryan's got to be on for this. Oh boy. Are you guys going to be undefeated and top ten in the country going into Manhattan, Kansas next year? <laughs> Seriously, dude, we're gonna be seven zero. Name the loss. I'll ask you both. Lindenwood. <laughs> no. Yes. At Illinois. Do you actually know how funny it would be if we lost to Lindenwood <laughs> at Sporting Kansas? <laughs> no, it wouldn't be funny. It'd be bad. But no, yeah, like we're legitimately gonna be seven zero going into Manhattan. And like, what it, are we going to be in the nation? Top five? Top ten? Yeah, because we're going to start ranks, right? We'll probably be ranked 15th behind four SEC teams with three losses. Oh, I point. can just see that they haven't played anyone <clears throat> takes on Twitter. and I just I don't even care. I want them. Oh, I want them bad. It would <laughs> suck, though, if the whole narrative was, oh, you got to play <laughs> bad. All right, I'll let you guys talk. No, no, I'm getting off too. I'm out. Thank you, guys. Love you. Yes. Rock Chalk, big game Saturday. See you, folks. I don't know how to end this stream.